Hi, everybody. The talk by Nell was really, really insightful and eye-opening, and it's interesting, when Ina and them um, contacted us and said to us, we'd like you to come and speak at the conference, they got Nell and I to exchange notes to make sure that our talks were actually in sync with each other, and it's so interesting, Nell sent through her brief to me, and I exchanged notes with Nell, and they completely, completely complementary. So when Nell spoke to you about how AI is coming into the world and how it is going to look in a, f in a few years' time, what I'm going to be speaking to you about today is very much where does the human fit inside of that? So yes, we have learned and we are learning and we are adapting at a very, very fast rate to machines and to bots and to AI in the workplace. That's our reality. We have to do it. But at the end of the day, we're still human. We're not machines. And there are very real implications to being human in the future. So what does that mean? And more importantly, because work is becoming so chaotic, how do we become more human inside of that? So, moving on, I just want to see, I don't know if my, there we go, clicker is working. So, the future of work as chaos. It's a concept that a lot of us actually push back against. The word chaos in and of itself is something that doesn't sit well with most people. We don't like chaos. We see it as mayhem. We see it as something that's disorganized. It's something that we need to step away from. And yet, my challenge to you today is to actually rethink chaos, because I genuinely believe that it is embracing chaos that is going to enable us to be more human in a world very, very full of machines. So if you actually look at chaos, if we dig into it, okay, as I said, our understanding of chaos is complete disorder, complete confusion. And yet that is not actually what chaos is. Okay? Chaos is actually just a very complex system that's constantly undergoing a lot of micro-changes. That's the scientific definition of chaos. It isn't actually chaotic, it's just really busy. And so, if you think about work, and if you think about everything that Nell has just shared with us, that is the world that we now move in. It is chaotic. It's so chaotic that you don't actually realize how much is going on when you open up your computer, when you open up your phone. There's a hundred million things happening in the background that you're just completely unaware of. It is this chaotic system. It's complex. It's micro-changes happening in real time. Let's take a step back and, and look at the history of work as we've seen it unfold. Go back 20 years. The majority of us who were sitting in work 20 years ago were most likely sitting inside an inbox, working on a Word document and possibly an Excel spreadsheet. That would have been work 20 years ago. And then there was the usual coffee breaks and the meetings and all of those type of things. And then in comes your very big ERP systems, okay, that live alongside those. And so there was this very, very big gap between what a very large corporation was able to do in terms of systems inside a company and just the general small business, okay? There was nothing that really filled that gap in between. You either had SAP, Oracle, or IBM solution, 
or you had an inbox and a spreadsheet. That was how business ran. And then cloud technology started emerging, and what then happened was in 2007, 2009, that period there, all of a sudden, cloud just exploded, okay? And people started realizing, hang on a minute, cloud can completely, completely transform how very specific and distinct functions inside business happen. So where before you had this one overarching controlling system that ran an entire company like SAP, running an entire system and an entire team, you now had very, very specific systems just for HR. You all of a sudden saw sales and marketing tools emerging and legal tools and finance tools. And all of a sudden, the company that had nothing except an inbox and an Excel spreadsheet now had lots of systems. And the reality is, is that the functionality, because they were so specific to those business functions, ended up in many ways being better than the traditional ERP system that we used to interfacing with. And so what you now have is you have this major pushback and this war happening inside companies where your managers and your project people and your people on the ground are saying, I don't want to interact with the big legacy system. I really like my software as a service system. Thank you very much. And so what's effectively happened is that we no longer have accurate data which shows us how people work. That's the reality. And the other reality is that where you had this big overarching system and you now have all of these very departmental specific systems, the reality is, is that people are now working in a very fragmented and chaotic world. At any one point in time, you as an individual are juggling between 30 to 40 systems every single day. You spend more time hovering between tabs and jumping between tabs than you ever have in your life before. And on top of that, you're trying to manage notifications and you're trying to manage everything else around that. It's fragmented and it's highly, highly chaotic. And the interesting thing is we're supposed to be getting smarter, but in reality, we've actually lost sight completely of how people are working because nobody has a cohesive data set to be working from. And so the solution that people are grappling with is now the platform, and it emerges. So you start seeing things like Slack and all of these type of platforms that live as that overarching platform. And so it's no longer the ERP system, but it's now communication platforms powered by bot technology that live across these disparate software-as-a-service technologies. But the reality is that it's still not enough. And the reason why technology will never be enough is because there's always going to be a human component. And as a human race, we're going to have to make a very definitive shift. We're going to have to move into a different mindset and into a different way of thinking about how machines and humans are going to live next to each other. And not only live alongside each other, but how they're actually going to work and breathe and move and live and love next to each other, because that's the reality of our future. So we as a company decided we are going to ask the question, what does it mean to be human? What differentiates machines from humans?
or rather humans from machines. And so we got an amazing researcher to come and work with our company, and she's also done a lot of work with IBM around Watson, she's done a lot of work with Adobe, and she came in and she tackled that question for us. She asked the question, what differentiates the human from the machine? I'm going to skip over that slide and I'm going to come back to it. The world of work tomorrow. This slide and that research question that I've just told you about, this slide is critical. If you want a summary about what it's going to take to be human in the future, this is it. And what's really, really important here is Lisa Talia took that step back and she said, OK, what is it? And she went and she dug really, really deeply into all of the bot technology, all of these things that Nell has just spoken to you about. And the two key things seem so simple, and yet it is the truth. The two key differentiators that differentiate a human from a machine is critical thinking and creativity. And most importantly, it's the interaction of those two skill sets together. So it's not them standing on their own. It's the interaction of those two that will ultimately always differentiate the human from the machine. And within each of those two skill sets, there's a whole lot of sub-skill sets that we as humans will need to embrace and understand because these are going to be our differentiators. So everybody's asking this huge big question, well, if 80% of work is going to be automated by all the bots that Nell has just spoken about and by all of these machines, where do we fit into that? How are we human? And here's the answer. We survive in the world of work by becoming more human. If you look at those skill sets that, that have been outlined there, that research is proving to us is what differentiates humans from machines, it's our ability to adapt to change, our ability to embrace chaos, essentially. It's visual thinking. It's teaching. It's communication skills. It's collaboration. It's about being able to have a conversation with somebody, asking questions that elicit good answers. It's about empathy. It's about active listening. And the interesting thing is, is that as bots and as AI has emerged into our world, they've actually stripped us of those things. But we're going to have to reclaim them back as the bots gain intelligence. And if you think about it, it's significant and it's highly, highly critical to anybody involved in marketing, digital transformation, and the world of work that you as an audience move in. Because those are the skill sets that many of you already possess, and other people in the world of work don't. Design thinking, digital transformation, the skill sets that go with that, are those skill sets. And that is essentially what's going to have to be embraced by every single human being in the world of work. We're going to have to become more human again. We've forgotten how to be empathetic. We've forgotten how to just sit and listen to one another. Because we've become very machine-like in the way we operate. Because we've had to do that in order to adapt. And so we're going to have to go through these iterative changes. So the question needs to be asked, 
what is work. We're going to have to redefine that in order to understand how to become human inside of that. And not a lot of us have spent a lot of time doing that because we just assume that work is what it is. You go into work and you do what you have to do that day, and that's work. But we're going to have to adopt new methods, new ways of thinking about work. So what is work? We're going to have to start thinking about it in three layers. There's a human component to work. There's a space, as in a physical space component to work. And there's a technology component to work. And those skill sets that I shared, the critical thinking and the creativity and the sub-skill sets, are going to have to permeate all three of these areas. Okay? Machines and bots and humans are all going to have to interact inside of these. And if you think about it, the world of work right now is completely, completely steeped towards technology. When we think about work, 90% of work is shrouded and encased within technology. Okay? We don't really pay that much attention to the human components of work or the space components of work. Space is becoming more prominent, particularly with the move towards co-working and all those trends that we see there. But up until now, it's still very, very, very dominant in technology thinking and, and technology driving work. Whereas what we're going to start seeing is, is that's going to start flipping. The technology is going to be a given. The technology is going to permeate space. And the human is going to have to become very, very prominent. And so, as I've just said, the innovation that you as an audience are driving inside the organizations that you work for and inside the departments that you work for is going to have to change. Because the innovations inside digital transformation up until now have very much been around technology. How do we make SEO campaigns better? How do we make products better? How do we make the service offerings better? But the reality is, is that bots are going to be doing that. They're already doing it. And so the digital transformation is going to be, how do we make humans better? And what is that ultimately about? It's about customer experience. That's where the innovation is going to lead towards. Because if it's about the human and the human interaction, it's going to be about how your customer feels when they engage with you. What is the experience that you create? What is the feeling that your customer is left with when they walk out of the room or get off of the telephone call or walk out of the meeting? Do they feel like they were treated like a human? That's the customer experience, and that's where the innovation is going to happen. It's going to move towards customer experience. And that's why I think the work that a company like Adobe is doing right now is so, so significant. Because they're delving into that question. They're looking at the future of experience. If you haven't yet looked at their work and the work that's just been released around that, dive into it. It's significant, and it's really, really worthwhile looking at. Because that is where you see that very, very key segue towards innovation becoming more about the human and away from technology. 
Do we tame the chaos? No. We most definitely do not tame the chaos. In order to become human and in order to move into this new world of work that we're moving into, we need to embrace it. That's my challenge. And I resist it. I really, really resist it with everything inside of me. But the interesting thing is I'm a mountain biker. I'm a downhill mountain biker. I'm one of those crazy people that put my helmet on and my goggles and my full body armor. And I go and I find some pretty steep mountains to chase down. And I'll never ever forget when I did my very, very first mountain bike ride ever. The person who I was riding with said to me, it's not going to make sense today, and I don't want you to apply this lesson today on your first day of mountain biking, but the faster you go, the easier it gets. <laughs> and I'm very happy I didn't apply it on my first day of mountain biking. I don't think I would have survived it if I did, but it is very true that the faster you go down a hill, the easier it is to actually make a jump. The easier it is to actually bounce your bike over a really big boulder. And so, as I've learned to become better and better at mountain biking over the years, and I've learned to take bigger and bigger jumps, I've also learned that I need more speed. And I've also learned to stop trying to take the jump if I don't have enough speed. So I'd rather get off my bike, climb back up the hill, and get the speed first. And that ultimately is a constant reminder to me that that is how you embrace chaos, is you build up the right kind of speed. We're going to have to do it. We can't run away from it. The reality that Nell has just presented to us is a very present reality. It's not something that's coming. We're talking about the future of work, and we're talking about the future of AI. It is now. It's here. And so we need to find that new rhythm. We need to find that new level of speed in order to get over these new obstacles that are coming our way. So, what's the impact of all of this? Yes, it's chaotic. Yes, there's two things that differentiate us as humans from these machines that are entering the world of work. So what? Where to now? There's some very, very key things that we're going to have to start addressing, and there are some really real things around impact. And the first one is around technology. The way machines actually report and give us information back is going to significantly have to change. And so again, that goes directly into the work that you guys do around digital transformation. The information fed back to humans is going to have to be completely different to what it is right now. The human impact, education is going to have to change completely. And this is the really, really big one. Our schools and our universities are teaching our young people the wrong skills. If you think about it, are our universities and our schools teaching our kids how to think like designers? Are they thinking us, teaching our children to think like problem solvers? Are they thinking and coming out as thinking beings? I don't really see that in the education system. I see it in small pockets. 
but it's not there in the way that it should be there. Our schools aren't teaching our kids to have real conversations, to be empathetic, to listen well. Those are the skills that we need to be teaching, not the things that we're learning right now. And most importantly, in terms of the actual human impact inside companies, we're going to have to develop an entirely, entirely new set of leadership. The way we lead people currently is not going to suffice moving into the future. As entrepreneurs, as country leaders, as business owners, as managers of departments, if you think about that interaction between machines and humans that we've just spoken about, the way you lead, the way you measure people, the way you recruit people, the way you hire them, the way you empower them, completely different. Because if you're hiring for empathy, query and questioning design, active listening, if those are the skills that you're looking for in the humans of the future, big problem. Not a lot of them around today. And the reality is, is that the way you measure and work with those people is also significantly different. And then the individual impact. This is the big one. This is the hard one. Because this is you and me. We are going to have to change. And change is always hard. So yesterday in my workshop that I presented in NoHo, the question came from the audience, but what about the fact that 80% of jobs are going to be redundant? And I was quite brutal in my answer, and I stand by that. You need to reskill yourself. You need to make sure that you are ready to step into the future. It's not your employer's problem. It's not the government's problem. It's your problem. That future of work is yeah, and you have to become a new type of human being in order to move into this future that we're talking about. Are you ready? And are you going to do it? That's the big thing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Claire. Thank you so much. OK, you have any questions for Claire on the future of work? There's a question, yes. yes. Where's the microphones? Somewhere in the audience. There's a microphone. Yes. Could you please introduce yourself just briefly? Hi, I'm Katrin. Hi, Katrin. Um, you were talking about speed, and I think most of the people here in this theater, they already feel like speed is already enough in our everyday work. So what do you mean by that, that we need to speed up our everyday life? So what I mean by speed is that we're in a very interesting transition phase right now where machines have made everything much, much faster, but we haven't yet gotten to the point where we trust machines enough to do the work for us. So there's this very interesting tug of war happening where humans are still trying to do all the things that machines typically should be doing. Okay? So if you take a very practical look at what is work, what makes up somebody's workday, it's task management, it's communications, it's meetings, it's documents, like actual work that's produced, and time, how people manage time. Okay? And if you think about it, the majority of that stuff 
AI done well will be able to manage that for you. You should be able to have a bot managing your calendar. You should be able to have a bot managing the majority of your task and the prioritization of that. But we haven't yet gotten to that place where we trust bots enough to do that work for us. So the speed that we're feeling right now in work and the overwhelm that most people are feeling on any given workday is because of that tension that we're busy ironing out right now. So you need to kind of fast forward and kind of see yourself pushing through this phase in order to understand that once you've built up that trust relationship, that it will be a different type of speed. It will be speed around innovation, creativity, thinking, where thinking will become more important rather than the doing of what bots can do now. I hope that answers the question. Yeah. I have a question um, to this, because I would like to have a bot doing my schedule. I've seen on your website you have an assistant, you, you have a human being. I have an actual human being, yes. Managing <laughs> your schedule. Yeah. I'm qu quite envious, because I'm thinking about getting one, but I'm still not. So I'd rather have a bot, maybe. But now okay. I've, what I have, I have this problem, okay, I've got a schedule in in my emails, I have my wife texting me via Threema, I have a colleague texting me via iMessages, maybe I get some, something via Facebook Messenger. How to merge this all? Because now, at the moment, I'm just busy putting this all together. Do you really believe there is a system that is intelligent enough to just merge it all together and make me not forget the things and to feed the information parts into the system? As I stand on the stage today, I can say to you, I haven't yet found a comprehensive system that's joining it all together, because trust me, I'm looking for it all the time. Okay. But what I do want to say is there's some amazing emerging technology. There's some technology that's in alpha and beta versions right now that's definitely moving towards that. Okay? And that's why, like in my presentation, I said you can see that the platform has emerged, but that platform has to seriously innovate and move on. You know what I mean? It needs to evolve, because that platform is ultimately where everything's going to merge, mm -hmm. and then we'll be able to coordinate ourselves from there, but it's not there. I'd say it's still a good six to nine months away if you look at the companies that are working on it right now. Okay, yeah. I will have an eye on that. And there's definitely some really, really interesting. So the bots that we've seen around, like personal assistant bots and that, they've been very focused on one thing, you know, like either calendaring or tasking or something like that. But there's some amazing multifaceted bots. Our company is actually co-creating one with a group of um, scientists out of Asia. We're busy working on one at the moment together. And there's some incredible things that are happening in the world right now around that. So keep looking, because they're okay. coming. They really are coming. Okay, I'm just, I'm just a bit anxious that one day a bot will just reserve a seat for me in the restaurant <laughs> and just pay something I haven't ordered yet. <laughs> and then I'll be sitting in my sofa and it's, I get this alert. You have to be in the restaurant right now and we built you already. It's most probably going to happen at some point. Thank you so Appreciate much, that. Claire. And